Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. Today my guest is Marnix Powells. Now, I can mean Marnix is one of these people I've never met in person. But I know this guy. I love his sense of humor. I love his sense of adventure. And he just seems like an all-round good guy. Now, Marnix is also a transformational coach, and he's an author. And if I'm right, it's Denmark that you live in? Or Amsterdam? It's, it's Amsterdam, yeah. Amsterdam. Pretty close to Denmark, seen from outer space. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm so delighted you could come on, Marnix, because... Just before we started recording, Marnix was telling me some stories, and, and I know they'll probably come back up in the podcast again. But it's nice to get a soul who is open for just shooting the breeze, talking about life, and hopefully somebody's going to hear something somewhere. So welcome, Marnix. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks a lot. So, Marnix, what makes you unashamedly human? Well, that would be the, the, the answer to everything, right? Um, but you, you mean behavioral wise? Uh, well, I'm just, I'm just as fucked up as everybody else, I guess. Uh, am, I, am I allowed to say that? Well, I don't think iTunes like that, but okay. hey. <laughs> I'm just as messed up as uh, the next person. Um, I am messy, I am insecure, and sometimes I'm not. I am uh, colorful and, and I'm, I'm also black and white once in a while. So I got all these human traits <laughs> going through me. And for the last few years, I've started to appreciate them and started to really like them. And uh, that's, a, that's a huge change from where I had been living uh, before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what makes me human? I really don't have a good answer to that. Well, you've actually just described it. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You've described it beautifully. For me, being unashamedly human is not being afraid of our human experience. There you go. We are these these gorgeous spiritual beings having this human experience of life. And we're not talking about a duality here. We're talking about being. Because we can't have one without the other. And we're not, I'm not splitting it up. <laughs> There's no way I'm splitting that up. And before, before we started recording, Marnix, you know, you told me something that had changed for you that has really opened up your life. Yeah. Traveling. Yeah. Well, it's more that before traveling, something has changed my life. And traveling came just from those changes. So mm. it, it became very, it was very natural. Um, um, around six and, six and a half, a little over six and a half years ago, I, I quit drinking. Mm. Um, and um, I was very good at drinking. I was at a professional level. I've been I've been at a professional uh, level for twenty eight years. Uh, I also was very uh, um, very good at uh, being depressed. 
And I had a major in uh, anxiety as well. So for years and years and years. A good old rounder then, Mark. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen it all. I've been around. So, uh, so at the end of 2012, I decided to quit drinking. Um, and the, the reason for that was I, I, I was in a relationship and, and we broke up. And I wanted to have a, a, another shot at, at getting together again. So I decided to, to, to quit drinking and, uh, and see what happened. So I've been, I've been drinking for a long time. I've been drinking when I felt sad. I've been drinking when I, when I felt happy. And, and in between, well, the booze was there, so why not? So I, there was always a reason to drink for me. Um, and over the, la- over the last few years of my drinking uh, life, it didn't really do anything for me anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't really help me anymore. It didn't get me to the place uh, where, it, uh, was, uh, where, it, where, it, where it brought me before. Um, but I, I just kept on drinking because I didn't know there was anything else. I, uh, I thought life was so extremely painful and, and complex and difficult and I really didn't like myself very much. So I, I quit drinking and, 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 and very naively expected that I would feel amazing immediately and that it, from then on it would be like, it would be like a, a rocket of happiness. Yeah. Well, that wasn't really the case. So after, the, after a few months when the euphoria went away, yeah. I felt worse than ever. Like, you know, like all the pain in my life had, had waited for this moment to come out. And um, I decided to, to take it one day at a time or even one second at a time, to be honest. Um, so that was a very interesting year. Um, I decided not only to quit drinking, but also to find the solution for happiness in the world. And if I find that, if I find the, the the golden key, the formula. Uh, I would write a book about it, and then the whole world would be happy. I thought, yeah, I, 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 I was quite ambitious back then. So I started reading a lot, and uh, you probably uh, have had your own experience around this. Uh, all the spiritual books and the NLP stuff and positive, mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of psychology, mm-hmm. uh, non-duality, Advaita, uh, Taoism, uh, Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And I tried to read myself out of the misery. And um, so after a few months, after I quit drinking, um, I uh, worked with a very good psychiatrist, very, very smart, very, very kind guy, very straightforward guy. And um, one day I realized that the thought of taking my own life didn't scare me anymore. And that scared me. Mm-hmm. I realized that I was at a point in which, well, I could go either way. And of course, well, uh, spoiler alert, I didn't do it. Um, uh, and, but that when I told my psychiatrist, he said, well, uh, now you got me worried a little bit. So he sent me to uh, an open clinic in Holland. And I went there for seven weeks and that stopped the misery, the, the, uh-huh. the downfall. It was like I gave myself seven weeks to breathe again. And uh, one of the, most beautiful things I learned there is that we are all the same. And, and it, it's very obvious, but I hadn't seen that before. You know, I was there, we were all there in, 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 in uh, jogging suits or uh, uh, in, uh, crying all day long in the, in the lobby of the, of the, of the clinic. 
the CEO, the, the woman behind the counter, the, the, the woman with bulimia, the, the guy with a 30-year addiction. And at this level of pain, we were exactly the same. And this was such a profound thing for me to see. Um, but before I went into the clinic, I had, a, I, had a, I had something that now I know we call that an insight. And that was when I was sitting on, on a bed uh, at home and was uh, screaming at the ceiling. That's what I did then back then. I don't know why at the ceiling, but I thought maybe God has got a microphone up there or something. I don't know. Didn't really believe in God, but I did it anyway. It was very hope, uh, hopeless. <clears throat> and then I realized this is really, you know, in the middle of this misery, this is really special because I feel very depressed right now. And yesterday I felt worse than today. And the day before that, I didn't feel as bad as today. And in between, sometimes it's gone. And when eight years ago, I didn't have it. And 25 years ago, I didn't have it. And then I realized I am not depressed. I have it. I have experiences of depression. And even though it, it didn't really crack it for me back then, but it was the first thing I saw around this whole um, um, realization, the fact mm -hmm. that we are way more than, than what we think we are. And um, from there, I guess, after a year, a year it took me around a year to, 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 uh, to live without the constant urge for wanting to, to flee, wanting to numb myself. And um, yeah, from, from then on, life got better and lighter and, and, and more colorful and, and easier. Mm -hmm. and of course, not constantly. But, and um, so I, I saw the moon, you know, you, 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 saw, you know the, the saying that you have the finger uh, was pointing at the moon and then three principles or inside out understanding. It's just one of those fingers, a beautiful finger. But I saw the moon before I came across the principles. And when somebody pointed the principles out to me, it was a very, very cute anecdote, by the way. It was in uh, 2016. <clears throat> and um, on Twitter, uh, uh, Angela Mosweig, she's in uh, one of the... I knew Angela, yeah. Okay, she's one of the few principal practitioners in, uh, in Holland, she pointed uh, out to me, she said, oh, the stuff you write about, Marnik, it's, it sounds so much like three principles. Have you heard of, of them? And I thought, mm. And I came from, a, um, from, from, you know, I have a bookshelf with the 10 steps and the seven this and the eight that, and I thought, oh, there we go again. So mm. I reluctantly went over to uh, the website she pointed out to me. I think it was like three principles movies, uh, that one. And, um, and I looked at a video from Michael Neal and I thought, wow, what an idiot. <laughs> really? I thought, oh, what an oh, typical American, American coach. And I was, had so, I was looking through my glasses of the expectation I had just before I went to the website. And then I saw George Bransky and I was like, whoa, there's another crazy guy here. So I dismissed it completely. Like, oh no, I don't like this. And you know, within half a year, I, I through a very genius U-turn, I, I came back, saw the same movies and was like, wow, this stuff is amazing. Mm. Like, is this a new edit? Um, <clears throat> and that, uh, so we, now we're talking about 2017. And um, 
I, I, I started reading stuff, inside out stuff, free principle stuff. And I read uh, the little book of big change by Amy Johnson. And I fell in love with the book and I immediately emailed Amy. That's what I do. If I like a book, I write the author, you know, immediately just to share my appreciation for it. And we had a really, really cool conversation. I really love Amy, Amy a lot. And she said, are you going to the 3P uh, conference in London? It was 2017. And it was, it was in February, I guess. So. And I thought, mm, I don't know if I want to go there. I was, I was in doubt. So I said after that conversation, I went to my work in the center of Amsterdam. And I had to wait at a bridge over a canal, very picturesque setting. And while waiting to, 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 to be able to continue my, my, my uh, trip to, to the office, a guy was on a bike crossed the canal and it was a spitting image of Sydney Banks. I kid you not. And then I knew, okay, I'm going to the conference. So um, that was, and then I went to the conference with Angela and, uh, and Linda Spanbroek. She's also- yeah, I, I trained with Linda, yeah. yeah from, from Shift Academy. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like, I was like, I was three, four days bathing in love. It was, it was miraculous. It was amazing. It was, I was constantly, my, my face hurt because of the big smile I was, I was having constantly all day long. I was so at ease. I was so comfortable. It felt so welcoming. Um, and um, yeah, so more reading uh, i went to uh, ken and robin um, and then i did super coach academy uh, europe um, been talking to a lot of people <clears throat> in the principles community uh, online but also uh, on, 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 uh, uh, on zoom and, and and skype and um yeah i feel good so what, what was the question? How do, you, do you have a question? <laughs> I don't think there was one. All right. <laughs> As always, I don't think there was one. I was asking you about traveling, but you, what you told me was not only your physical travel, but your emotional, psychological, and spiritual travel, which was just um, absolutely beautiful, Marnix. I think it's always really obvious when people come across this understanding that We've known it for a long time and we've bumped up against it time and time and time again in our lives, but we just haven't recognised there was something really special happening within us, you know. And, and when you were talking about going to the clinic, I, you know, it, it took me back in time, Marnix, to my grandmother um, being treated for depression in um, a psychiatric hospital in Glasgow. She was a beautiful woman and she'd lost her husband and she'd lost her son in, in a short space of time. And she just fell into this kind of reactive depression as, you know, sort of the, the psychological people would call it, the DSM would call it a reactive depression. And she tried all sorts of drugs and they just didn't work. And I was only about 12 years old and I remember going to see my gran in the psychiatric hospital and just being filled with such love for her because even at the age of 12 I could see 
the innocence of her experience and the innocence of the other people because we always used to meet my gran in the tea room <laughs> we'd be you know we'd go and we'd get a wee, a wee cake and something to eat and we'd have a wee chat with my gran I think she was worried about us actually going into you know sort of the ward per se and I just always always remember Marnix I knew she was okay I just knew she was okay and she was having um, electroconvulsive therapy to help her and she had that therapy and she was tickety-boo afterwards, she was fine and it just always points to she wasn't depressed, she was having thinking that was pulling her into a space of deep rest to recover. Yeah. But she didn't like that feeling. And because she didn't like that feeling, she wanted somebody to fix it for her. Yeah. You know, and then my mom, when she hit her 50s, was diagnosed with depression. And my mom, they called it endogenous depression. <laughs> you know, it's another title. Really? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was just something that was inside her, apparently. There was nothing outside of her they felt had caused it. And my mum responded to, to, to drugs. And then honestly, Marnix, when I was in my 40s, I thought, oh my God, I have depression. And I am so grateful for this understanding because I don't, I've never had depression. I've just had thinking that has given me a feeling that I really just didn't enjoy. You know, and as you went to alcohol, I went to food. You know, and it's, it's interesting how we all have these spaces that we go to that we feel help us, that kind of give us a different feeling. And temporarily, that's okay. But then all it's of a sudden, it's not. Just relief, right? Yeah. 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 Somebody, I can't remember who it was I was speaking to. Oh, it was Angus Ross. I'd, Angus did a podcast with me the other day, and he used this beautiful phrase. He said, we all self-soothe. And I just thought about babies with their pacifiers. You know, we've all got something, a go-to space. And often, you know, there's a go-to space and we see through that and then we get another go-to space until we understand how we work as human beings. So I loved, I love, love, love that, that description of what you experienced and recognising that we're just all the same. Yeah. Yeah, and I so can so emphasize uh, with um, the deep urge to 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 numb yourself, to flee, and uh, but but my 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 ideas around alcoholism or addiction in general have changed so much over the last few years, and I work with quite a lot of people who are addicted because well, probably in the end we are all addicted to something at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've totally let go of the the idea that when I work with somebody, like let's take a, somebody who's who's addicted to alcohol, that when we start working, I never um, urge them to to quit drinking. I never, I never, because drinking has never been the problem. Mm-hmm. And everybody can stop for a while, but then the stopping becomes a new issue. So. And I had a very profound insight, uh, like half a year ago, I was working with a guy and, and, and we had been working for three months or something like that. And, uh, and he quit a few times during our work together and, um, and he started again and he was felt very shitty about, uh, about that. Mm-hmm. And, 
when we were talking, I suddenly realized this is absolutely 100% perfect and it's your way of stopping. The only thing we've got wrong is that we made the wrong prediction around how, how fast it would go. We, had, we imagined that in the perfect world you'd stop and then you, then you, were, you were done. We were wrong. Life is never wrong. Marnix, that's such an important point. I find that as well with people that I work with who are either have eating disorders or anxiety disorders. And, and one particular person comes to mind. It's one of my mentees at the moment, Mia. And um, she'd been labelled as having an eating disorder. And she'd worked with me. We'd done a three-day intensive. And I think we talked about food for about an hour out of God knows how many hours, you know, we just weren't talking about that as you pointed to. We're talking about the nature of life. And um, Mia was great. She started putting weight on. And then she went on holiday to France with her family and everything went tits up. You know, everything just went, she she, she got back into old patterns again. And when she came back home, we, we had a chat and a, a call and she was telling me about it and she felt really bad. And I burst out laughing. I said, that's fantastic. That's brilliant. I'm so glad that happened to you. And she creases herself laughing about that. And what I said to her, Marnix, was it's wonderful when we get tripped up. When we get tripped up again, that's the, the intelligence behind life showing us there's something we still haven't seen. And it's giving us an opportunity to see something else to help us evolve and grow even more. Yeah. It's experiential. How can you be upset about something that's experiential, that's trying to teach you something? So I love what you're saying about your guy as well with with drinking. Yeah. And and it's also, um, I see the same with with people I work with uh, who are not particularly addicted to some something or whatever um mm-hmm. i see there are like two two kind of kinds of results i see most of the time one is that people see so much that they're in love with life for t- three months and i never hear from them again until something happens and they yeah. <laughs> they collapse again and they're like in a bubble in a bubble of love and understanding and, and oneness and, and 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 it's really a really really cool i've been there as well um <laughs> And then, on the other hand, you have people who see, like, more like have an incremental way of waking up. And then they see something, they feel good, and then they feel bad again. And then they get confused. And then they feel really good, and then they feel bad again. And what I, why I find that's very helpful is because it builds your trust around the process as well. So. Yeah. The people, you know, who go sky high after one session, they crash so hard all the time. It's very hard on them for, you know, to get back to to earth. And the other people who go there slowly, Mm -hmm. like it's more solid. And there are people who do both. You know, they sort of, of I'm speaking about myself because I kind of fell down the rabbit hole and sort of felt as though I'd lost all common sense for a couple of years um, and found this understanding so difficult to articulate. And then there were pieces of my life where I just couldn't, I couldn't see. I just couldn't see through them. And it was yeah. like, how come I fell down the rabbit hole and I see all these other things so clearly, and yet I can't see this? Yeah. And I realized, Marnix, that was the universe's way or the intelligence behind life's way of saying, this was something that was important to you, so we're going to take our time. 
so that each time you get to see something, it's just going to fade away. Yeah. And I get to see something else. It's almost like you personally, I have had so many stories about certain areas of my life mm. that I'm so grateful that I'm getting to see them because that means I can help other people, Marnix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Mm. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, you're completely complete I'm completely on the on the on the, on your side with, with that. You know. Mm. The, the, the times when I've had these big epiphanies and I felt like uh, Eckhart Tolle light, uh, it made me asshole, to be honest, because I didn't have any appreciation for the pain of other people anymore because I didn't feel it. It's like, yeah, whatever. I've had a few periods of that and then I fell, uh, I fell in love. That's my thing. <laughs> and then the, the, the women I fell in love with, they, they reject me after a few months and then I get back to earth in not a very soft landing <laughs> so to me it's very helpful to have all these blind spots mm. like i think literally every day i see something that i didn't see the day before around my own world view or my mm. personal view or the way mm. i i look at myself people around mm. me and just knowing that that will probably never end you know this evolution or this um, this growth it's so exciting for me. It's every day when I wake up. So what will I see today that I did? Yeah. 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 It's a gorgeous space to live from, isn't it? Yeah. It's curiosity and playfulness rather than fear. Oh yeah. It's like what I, what I, how I describe is that I used to be afraid of what was waiting for me around the corner mm. for many years. Now I run to the corner. <laughs> I want to see what's there. It's really sweet. Marnix, I know that you're a coach and I know that you work with other people. Um, there was something you wrote on your timeline the other day there that I'd love to discuss. Mm -hmm. And that was you were talking about dropping the activities around getting clients. It was a really, really lovely, lovely post. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, this is one of the things that you see when you see them. Mm. Um, I've heard this um, this thing around uh, trying too hard for many, many, uh, many, many times. You know, when I was at Super Coach Academy, we had many discussions with all the other uh, um, new coaches or older coaches or fresh coaches um, around getting clients. And we're worrying about our, our niche or worrying about what amount of money to ask or how long sessions should be, all those kinds of things. But one of the biggest issues for most people was how to get clients consistently. Yeah. And last year I tried when I came back from, Eth I think I was yeah, from Athens, uh, one of the weeks of Supercoach Academy. I, take, I took a look at my financial situation. It wasn't really very, very healthy. So I, out of, out of a panic, I put down an, 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 a, a specific offer on a coaching deal and I put it on Twitter. Now, it's, it's, it's good to know that on Twitter, I have over 33,000 followers. Mm -hmm. So um, social media wise, I'm... Uh, I, 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 I've been around uh, for a while. Uh, 
And so I, I, I put down my offer. It's like four sessions for 400 euros, something like that, and some email uh, assistance in between as well. And out of the 33,000 people, uh, there was only one reaction uh, through direct mail from a woman who said, uh, I don't have any money at all. Can you help me for free? <laughs> that was the only thing. And, you know, Jackie, it's very hard because it doesn't make sense. We are all chronologically impaired people. We love to see the world in a linear way. So if we see we try this, we, we try um, showing up in the world so people will see us and then people will come to us. I think it only partially works that way. Of course, people have to know that you exist, you know? <laughs> so being born in a cave and not ever coming out will probably never get you any clients. So you have to be, be able to, people have to be able to find, find you somewhere. But it's the whole urgency, the whole um, notion of neediness that is smelly. It's like people smell it. It's mm -hmm. like, like the not very, very good car salesman. Um, to, to be fair, you know, when I stopped doing, trying hard and the clients came, of course, you know, I have a history. I've been on Twitter a few years. I've, I've written a few books. I, I, I did quite some uh, video posts. Uh, I'm on Instagram. So I've been around, people know where to find me. Um, but the difference in when I blogged every day and, and you know, at, at, the, at the end of, at the bottom of my blog, I always had something I, uh, and when every, every topic I, uh, I dealt with at the end of the, of the blog, I always said, uh, you wanna have a conversation about this specific topic, uh, please email me. Nobody ever did that. I don't know, I really don't know how this works, so I just dropped it. No more, no more cheeky videos on Instagram or YouTube. No more blogs. I'm, I'm not on active on Twitter anymore. I don't, I don't, couldn't care less about Twitter. And the only thing I do is I write a few lines here and there on Facebook in, in the bubble I like at this moment in my life, mm -hmm. the right out bubble or the three principles bubble. That's it. And I have like three or four. Um, potential clients who, who, who reach out to me every week now and it's so easy but I could never teach somebody how to do it no I know <laughs> so I know. you just have to be aware of the fact that it's possible yeah and then it will happen mm -hmm. somewhere along the line that's the frustrating thing but it's also I you know whenever I start working with somebody they say this is the most laziest kind of coaching ever i don't do homework you don't have to learn anything we have a conversation and then you go on with your life and then we have another conversation that's all absolutely it's a real letting go um and stepping back that that's what i found more next and um especially this year i've just you know seen it so much more deeply. In fact, I had an experience yesterday, Marnix, that blew my mind. I was sitting out on the patio looking at that beautiful view, Marnix. <laughs> Crazy woman. <laughs> Just Marnix always gets upset when I post views from the front of my house. Anyway, so I was sitting out there last night. It was a beautiful evening, um, and my husband, Jerry, and I 
uh, we're just sitting having a drink and there had been someone saying that they wanted to work with me and I'd met them and everything felt good at the time that I met them and I'd sent you know the cost of working with me and then there was a lot of trying to negotiate and trying to change the conditions and stuff and I just sat with it and yesterday and I'd said to them get back to me before Monday and then yesterday morning I woke up with a feeling of I need I need to let this go I'm not this women's coach and I just sat with it and then at about six o'clock last night it came back again so I wrote her a message and I said look I'm not your coach um I'm following honoring wisdom this is what feels right for me I know you will find someone and I trust that you will find someone. I sent that message to her and literally five minutes later, I got a text from someone saying, Jackie, you worked with my friend. I'd like to work with you about some eating problems disorder that I've got at the moment. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's trusting that we don't have to work with everyone. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, because it's so. I've I've had I've been under the impression for for a few years now that I should be able to work with anybody and to enjoy it, and I just don't. Mm. I don't like anybody, everybody. I just don't, and that's that's okay. So, last week I had a like a, a getting to know you conversation with a woman. She was uh, traveling. She was in Germany. We had a conversation, and she was very hostile in her in a way she approached me. She was like, so what do you do? And how does it work? And why does it work? And I, I was very, very relaxed, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we had a conversation and she had some, she cried a few times and it was pretty cool. And three, four days later, she sent me an email and said, no, not going to do it. Uh, that was it. And my first reaction was I was disappointed. I was frustrated. Yeah. And within two minutes, I thought, oh, what a relief. <laughs> I don't have to work with her. That's so important. And, and, and that's the importance of these kind of calls, isn't it? I call them discovery calls. Yeah. People are getting my vibe as much as I'm getting in touch with their vibe just to see if, if, if we're meant to work together. And, and I love that. I'm being interviewed as much as they're interviewing me. Yeah. You know, and I'm interviewing them as much as they're interviewing me. Because I don't, it's not often, Marnix, that I've said to people, Look, I'm not your coach. Mm -hmm. But there's just this feeling that rises inside me and it's kind of like, no, I've not to go there. And I don't know why and I don't need to figure it out. And I love that. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's in, in every aspect in my life, things become more easy and more natural or more organic, you know, thoughts, you know, even stupid things like, looking at a menu in a restaurant used to drive me crazy oh well but if i pick this then i probably i'm sorry five minutes later because i could have had that and, and uh, it will probably will, will won't be here for another three months and then maybe they don't have it anymore and i said well okay i take this and then i give the menu back and it it's showing up in every literally every aspect of my life i feel i'm gonna do this no i'm not and then it's, it's not, a, not a big deal <laughs> but another thing i that that occurred to me when you were talking about the, the discovery conversations you have um I, I i've had a quite a period in which i was you know 
I don't know why or how, but I met a lot of people. I would call like freeloaders. People who are not really interested in coaching. Mm. Just want to meet me or just want to like have one. And because one, my first conversation is free as well. Um, I'm very confident that that's, this will be taken care of as well. Um, but I had to make, to learn to make a distinction between mm. people. So, you know, you get more clear around what you want and around mm. the, the things you promise to people. And also I say, you know, before my first conversation, I say, I really want you to consider this. Are you really into to a longer commitment? Because that's what I like. That's what I want. I don't, I haven't had so many one-off conversations in my life. And they were very helpful. Mm. Now, you know, the, the whole thing of getting to know somebody and walking alongside them for, for, for a short period of time or longer period of time, hearing what, what happens to them, being there as well, learning from that as well. I loved it so much. That's, that's what I love too, Marnix. It's, I, don't, I don't do one-off calls. I just don't do them. I don't do you know, little tiny short programs. It's like, I, I really want to know you. I, I, I want to help you see through whatever it is that's holding you back. And I want you to know that, you know, I've got your back during this journey together. It's incredibly important for me because I know in my own journey, that was important for me. And I know a lot of people, Marnix, who when they don't do formal study into this understanding, they kind of, and, and it's, this is, is it's not a huge sweeping generalization, but a lot of people who've not done formal training of this understanding can sometimes get quite confused about things because they're dipping in and dipping out instead of having this sustain conversation and we always say stay in the conversation because that's where the deepening happens yeah well that's that's one of the i think it's one of the most beautiful things of being a coach is that you get to stay in the conversation for yourself as well all the time you know because mm -hmm. when i feel love for a client i feel love I feel love. So it's, it's the best win-win situation possible. And then what you're saying, uh, what I he heard you saying is that when people start to wake up, it can be very, very confusing. Yeah. You know? the, the, the stuff they, they, they thought they were very important for them don't, don't matter anymore. Doesn't, they don't like going to parties anymore. They don't like small talk anymore. And they feel, and it can be very, very lonely. That's right. Like and letting go of friends and you know they're like I don't go on with that person anymore what's wrong with me and it's like yeah. there's nothing wrong with you you know you're just starting to waken up yeah and and often you see that most people don't really like that if somebody in their surroundings changes that much it's very uh, confronting in a way. People like you to stay the way you are because, you know, it's, it's safer. So you can really seriously start doubting yourself when you have changed this. It's like everything is, is turned upside down in your, in, your, in your way of experiencing the world. Uh, yeah. You can totally start doubting yourself. But it's also always a beautiful process. And I've seen it so, so many times now that I can very, with, with a lot of, 
um, certainty say to people that it's just a phase and it's very normal. It's very understandable as well. Mm-hmm. Like the world is literally shaking yeah. and it has to settle down again. So that will that'll take some time. Yeah. But I had like when I had conversations for around a year, I didn't really literally didn't know what to say anymore. I was standing, you know, opposite somebody and he asked me a question. I was like, eh. I, I, I was like that for two years, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember stuff. I was like. I was the same. I, I just let every bit of common sense I had had went yeah. out the window. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, my, my whole social reputation was built on being very smooth and, and, and quick uh, on my wits. And, and very, I was very sarcastic and cynical. And although... Uh, it's not for me the right now the health, healthiest way to, to to be in the world. Many people love it. Many people love are sarcastic and and dominant and 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 even a little bit aggressive uh, uh, person. So when I dropped that, I didn't have any tools anymore. So each conversation was very confusing for me. <laughs> <laughs> so living in and now, I never heard that it would be so confusing. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Marnix, what are you kind of working on at the moment? Um, I'm working on... Um, what I want to do is, in, in a year or in two years, I want to have a, a, a house at the beach somewhere and I want to live there and I want to invite people to come over and be there for five six days and I want a house at the sea and I want to go swim with them and I want to there has to be a piano and a fireplace and books and and a pool table and no internet and then I have to because I, you know, I, I, I like to be on my own. I, 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 I love it. I don't have a relationship right now. I haven't had a relationship for over three years, which was actually a very good thing because I, I had to learn to love myself again. Yeah. And um, I've always been, when I was in love with somebody else, there was no space for me at all. So this, this was very uh, helpful uh, for me not to fall in love over the last few years. And um, I like to be on myself. I like to reflect. I like to walk around my house and, and pick up a book and read a little bit and then write a little bit. So what I'm doing, what I'm up to right now is I have no big plans. I want to I wanna do at, at least uh, a new uh, uh, form of coaching. I want to be coached by somebody. So I'm maybe enroll in in one of the one of the courses i'm interested in maybe in 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 talking with aaron turner because i really i really think that's a very very funny sweet guy so um being in supercoach academy uh, was amazing very helpful so i like to 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 keep myself in these surroundings in these learning processes and then i'd like to travel even more than i do right now um because Jackie, to be honest, it feels like I, I've had a new leash on life. It's like my mm. second part of my life has begun. You know, after I quit drinking, 
and I'm I'm so enjoying it. Like I had to, I have to make up for all the years that were so, so bad and so dark and so painful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably gonna write a book or two, three this year uh, and the next year. Um, you know, my my in my pace, I write, write two books a year. Um, my next book will probably be in straight away in English. I've, I've written seven, uh, seven uh, books in Dutch, and my publisher doesn't want to translate them because I think it's too expensive. So I say, well, uh, then I'll, I'll I'll just write it straight straight away in English. Um, more traveling, more enjoying, more being in nature, more lovely conversations with um, beautiful people. Um, and I, you know, I'm so in love with coaching. It's, you know, I've been uh, in, in advertising for 30 years, and that's the, the the big big irony of life. For 30 years, I've told people that they need all kind of shit to feel good, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now it's exactly the opposite. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I I love my career. My advertising career was amazing. You know, if you're a creative person, it's it's really fun to be a copywriter or, or, or have a creative uh, job in, in in advertising. But I don't do that anymore. And it's like my life has started all over again. I feel young. You know, I've been coaching for three and a half years or something like that. It's nothing. It's nothing. I have so much to learn. And that is so exciting that I don't know shit. <laughs> That is beautiful. Marnix, thank you so much for being a guest on the Unashamedly Human podcast. I'll make sure we have all your details so that anybody who wants to get in touch with you can get in touch with you. I'm looking forward to reading your new book and um, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure. I I love talking to you, Jackie. Thanks for inviting me. You could be larger than life Oh